Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And this podcast rules ass! And then into the actual theme song. Which doesn't sound too different, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> Hello, Kat. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> As you can tell, I have a new gimmick. I have a face now. Okay. That makes sense. Or a Technico. No longer a Rudo. You're going to play by the rules? Yeah. Stop trying to tear masks off? Oh, no, I won't stop doing that. Oh, okay. Actually, I don't think that would even be part of my, like, Rudo gimmick. I respect the mask too much. I wish AEW would. <laughs> but, <laughs> as we are saying, it's been a little while, and we're coming back off a hiatus now, after all the stuff with the Speaking Out movement in June. Yeah. We decided to leave some air there for other people who needed the space more to speak. People whose voices were more aptly heard in that time than ours because frankly one of the things that we wanted to make sure we left space for was actual victims and not just people who wanted to talk about what was happening like yeah we didn't want to be a distraction pretty much right we didn't want to take away space we holding space for people who had better reason to be speaking out yeah okay so basically the new format is that we've decided that we kind of fell into a rut where we just kind of defaulted to recapping the episodes and stuff like that and we weren't really talking about the stuff that we enjoyed the stuff that made us happy yeah so we definitely want to address that and Start doing it more. Yeah. Because that's what we started this whole thing. It's like, it's it's all fine and dandy to be a recap podcast, but that's not what we want to be. Yeah. Now, there was weeks there where AEW was everything that made us happy about wrestling. So... <laughs> right. And those are the weeks that we talked about. Yeah. So we will have more tangents in that the whole podcast is going to be the things that made us excited about wrestling tangents. Yeah. Rather than, you know, me talking about the history of some obscure topic from New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, we could probably still get into that. We could still honest. get into that. Let's, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'm going to be honest. We will still get into that. <laughs> oh, food tangents. That's the yeah, other way it's too. Food <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. We're both kind of foodies. Do we want to talk about, because we didn't talk about this. Do we still want to talk about BTE? There was a couple things on BT that I did like. I don't remember if I watched it this week. <laughs> you did, because you didn't like the one segment that I didn't. That's right. I Okay, so I've been very sleepy this week. <laughs> yes, you have. I got precisely one good night of sleep. So my brain is a little scrambled eggy right now. Yeah. Which is why it's great that I'm drinking. 
I'm sure that will help immensely. Oh yeah, no, I did watch this week's BTE. Um, so we're going to not talk about the things that I didn't like about it, yep. which I will... Uh, that's the other thing. I think we wanted to get rid of or modify the What's My Beef segment and leave that off of touching on like real life stuff. Yeah. Because we tended to focus on like non-wrestling or promo. The business side of everything. Yeah. I Like, I, we're going to keep... I guess like the the way that it's best phrased is we're gonna keep it in kayfabe for the purposes of the beef. Yeah, the show is called Marking Out with My Girlfriend, so we kind of want to focus more on being marks. It's not called Smarking Out with My Girlfriend because Erin wouldn't be on that podcast. As much as you've tried to get me to change the title, <laughs> I have not. I still think this is a better title because. Every once in a while, people will be like, oh my god, it's supposed to be a pun on making out. And then you're like, yes, you've finally paid enough attention. Or they'll come in here accidentally going, I read the title wrong. It's like, yeah, hope you like wrestling. So, yeah, I lost my train of thought because Emma messaged me. Oh no. We were, I think we're going to go into a couple BT segments that we like this week. That's right. Let me try to remind myself of what happened on BTE. Bring up my notes. It's in yeah. the it's in the Google Drive. I mean, I, I okay. So there were a couple of things I liked. The like throwback where they had uh where they went back to Bullet Club Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah, the the intro for it because Gallus and Anderson just got released from WWE. Their ninety days no compete is up, so they had a nice little flashback. <laughs> to them recording a podcast four years ago <laughs> and making plans to directly screw over the Young Bucks by going to WWE, just like mm -hmm. AJ did, just like Finn Balor did. Yeah, no, it was very funny. And I did kind of like this one because I know I'm already ducking to the behind the scenes stuff because it's good to see them working together and not having any kind of heat after all that. Like, it, it got a little dicey. When they did that at the, at the beginning, like four years ago. <laughs> so speaking of which, let's just lead in with the thing that like we really came here to talk about, which is the past two matches that Cody's had and next week's match that Cody has. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. So we're getting three very incredible matches in a row. Yeah. Now... I was, if you go back in the episodes, I was skeptical how Cody having the TNT title would go, what mm -hmm. they would do with it. This open match thing is everything. No, I, I completely agree. I think Cody having an open challenge for the title is really, really good. Like, And not just, they've done some good people in AEW, but they, they've expanded, especially this week. I think you want to announce who this week was. This week was Eddie Kingston. It was just a really good match. Yeah. So we had two weeks ago. Yes, last week? Last week. Whatever time is. Two shows ago. <laughs> two episodes ago, we had uh, Cody versus Sonny Kiss. And that was an incredible match. Like, I guess we are biased because it's Sonny Kiss and we 
love and respect and admire and are slightly envious of the booty of queer wrestlers, particularly Sunny Kiss. But like, it was not just a like momentous match for like you know queer representation on the main stage in a major promotion it was a good fucking match it was an amazing match like if there was any doubt people were still holding on to that for some reason sunny kiss couldn't keep up with the talent in aew it's just silenced it all it was just so good i've not had that much fun watching a match in a while yeah like it was just a straight charismatic wrestling match where for a bit of it sunny actually got to play the more emotional part Mm -hmm. no and like you know i think that speaks to cody's talent too like you know he's not usually playing the hero in these matches yeah but when Sonny Kiss is out there pushing the cameraman out of the way to keep laying in a beating, it's kind of mm-hmm. the role you get. Mm-hmm. When Sonny hit the crossroads, I was like, just stunned. I thought for a second that might be where it's over. <laughs> I I mean, so like the thing is, like, I don't think they're going to have Cody drop the belt on an episode of Dynamite. No, and it's probably not going to be for a while. Uh, this is probably going to be something that becomes like an MGF storyline. Right. But watching the matches in the back and forth, it's like, I know he's not going to lose, but there's that little voice in the back of my head like, he could hear. They could build up to that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like very believable drama. And if there's anything I've learned about TNT, it's that they know drama. <laughs> They definitely know drama, that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's their catchphrase, right? <laughs> Either that or it's like the actual name of the company. I don't know. I don't have TV, so I can't even watch it. No, okay, it is We Know Drama. Okay, I, good. <laughs> I thought so. I, I, I was, It's like, because there's a lot of Turner channels, and I, w- I wasn't sure if I got the right Turner channel. Yeah. Is there really a Turner channel besides Turner Classic Movies? Yes, TNT and <laughs> oh, TBS. <right. laughs> TBS is where I used to watch Dynamite. That show sucked. <laughs> Not Dynamite. Thunder. <laughs> wow. It sucked so bad I didn't want to remember the name. <laughs> okay, but the funny thing is, TBS is no longer owned by Turner. Really? It's now owned by Warner Media. Okay. It might be good now. <laughs> I mean, like, that was when... It was like, I think that was, the sale was when they picked up Conan. Okay. Because I think TBS really changed its programming around. This is entirely an unrelated tangent, but their programming shifted dramatically when Conan showed up. Although now it's like, it's basically reruns of syndicated shows, which I think is also what TNT is for the most part. Probably. I assume that's what most TV is. It's a lot of cable is reruns of things that are in syndication like the last time i had tv i think i only watched like five channels in an average week yeah last time i had cable i watched in order the hockey channel i wouldn't have guessed the cricket channel i wouldn't have guessed the ifc channel a little surprised and food network 
because IFC used to play stuff like Dune. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Because it stands for Independent Film Channel. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't sure what it stood for. And yeah, no, it's 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 indie movies. Okay. Air quotes, because they showed Dune, and that's not an indie movie, that's a big studio movie. But for Halloween, they used to have marathons of the Adam West Batman. Oh, God. It was so much fun. I loved it so much. <laughs> like, I mean, any chance you have to watch Adam West as Batman is phenomenal, because that show was unabashedly homosexual. Yeah, yeah. It really, it, it taught a good some good life lessons, too. Like, you know, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Mm -hmm. That's the only one I remember. And also, <laughs> if you just put white face paint over your mustache, nobody will notice you have a mustache. <laughs> Cesar Romero. Oh, could not convince him to shave it. <laughs> nope. It's like very noticeable. Mm hmm. Even on the bad TVs back then. Uh -huh. Okay. That's a huge tangent, getting to Cesar Romero's mustache. I think that's the line right there. <laughs> if we hit Cesar Romero's mustache, we went too far. Turn back. Turn back now. It's over, Anakin. Because I want to get back to Sunny for a, for a minute here. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Because Sunny's pronouns have been updated. Like, Twitter officially... Sonny's going by he, him, she, her, babe, and sis. That bitch. Oh, there's that bitch now? Okay. I assume. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't check her pronouns before coming on. Yeah, so, you know, like, I think it's real cool that you have a professional wrestler who's using multiple sets of pronouns. Yep. And I think it's really, really cool that the very senior announcer you have who has said some problematic things in the past seems to be flipping between them no problem yeah no like jr did a very good job yeah. obviously you expect like excalibur to be good about it because excalibur is from the indies and understands that wrestling is pretty fucking queer he's still young and with it how old is mark we looked this up it's like 40 something is he that old i think so 40, 40 yep. yeah exactly 40 because he turned 40 this on month, july right. 16th <laughs> and nobody said happy birthday to excalibur yeah they did i don't i i watched like reruns and skip through <laughs> most of the boring stuff on the live show they did okay well good for tony <laughs> good for tony 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 anyway <laughs> anyway so ultimately sunny did come short in the match yeah, as is to be expected. But, like, that's a match that puts someone over. You know, yeah. like, you don't have to win that match. You have to dazzle. You're going, to, like, everyone knows coming in you're going to lose. It's just a matter of how well you lose. Yeah, you've got the spotlight for 15 minutes. What do you do with it? And, yeah, Sonny did amazing there. Like, a lot of eyes that might not have seen him before definitely do. And a lot that might not have been as cut up mm -hmm. are probably going to pay more attention in the future. Absolutely. Such as on Dark next week, when we have Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela taking on Pineapple Pete and someone else. Mm. I don't remember who Pete's partner is. 
That's how much I really paid attention to the dark enough. So is week. he getting introduced as Pineapple Pete now? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Like, is that is that the, I'm gonna watch this GIF that lists the matches for next week's card. It's gonna be really, really. I mean, like, it's already pretty funny, but like, it's yeah, he's built as Pineapple Pete. He's wrestling with uh, Naka Naka. Nakazawa. Right, that's it. The match I'm looking forward to most for next week's dark though is Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz. Wasn't there someone else in that? And then also Cutler and Avalon versus FTR, which is going to be another loss for Cutler and Avalon. I know, but they're getting so close. We have two Dark Order matches next week, which is cool because they should be playing the numbers games on the mm-hmm. uh, cards as well. They have enough people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been watching Avalon and Cutler every week now in Dark, and I, I just want that win. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is SCU, Santana, Ortiz, and Private Party. Okay. They're doing really good together. <laughs> They're really cool to watch. Taz put over Avalon's junk this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was true. I believe he said something about... Can you, do you know the exact quote? Avalon is surprisingly heavy below the belt. <laughs> right. That's what he said. <laughs> he was talking about the problems of suplexing Peter Avalon, who is very skinny, but apparently very heavy below the belt. Right. Peter Avalon is packing heat in his trunks. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Yeah, there was a lot of very silly things. R- really, what I think Pete... Peter Avalon and Cutler need are Cutler has to stop being so lawful good. I disagree. He's got to be a little more chaotic. Be, no, Cutler should continue being lawful good. Or they at least have to get his attention away from Leva when she does stuff. That's okay. where they get caught. That's fair. It's like the Paladin in The Gamers 2, which is a reference no one listening to this is going to get. Not even my co-host, because I haven't shown it to her yet. <laughs> Okay, so in terms of dark matches, were there any that particularly stood out to you? Because I thoroughly enjoyed Cutler and Avalon versus The Butcher and the Blade. Yep, that was definitely the big standout. What caught my attention... Why do I have that note there? Did that happen there? Yes, it did. (laughs) Was Robert Anthony and Darby Allen. Okay. Because Darby Allen's back from his injuries now and he has a feud going on with brian cage just to bring him back up to speed so they have that match darby wins and cage comes out and attacks him Mm -hmm. and then robert anthony tries to stand up for him right gets thrown out and ricky starks jumps him on the outside Mm -hmm. so we've got a faction of taz managing ricky starks and brian cage and that's cool that is not something i would have thought happened Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that that's very, 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 very weird. But yeah. like in the kind of way where you're like, huh, that's cool. I'm I'm glad this is an opportunity that can happen. Like it's one of those things that fits all of them very well. And yep. is going to make for some very good wrestling content. Oh, yeah. Especially because we already found out next week they have a tag match against... Darby Allen and John Moxley. When you pluralize John Moxley, and I might have done this bit already, do you think it it's John Moxley's or John's Moxley? 
I'm going to go with John Moxley because that's a Twitter account that I know. Okay, I'm going to go with John's Moxley because I think it fits better. <laughs> Just to be contrarian? Well, I mean, like, that's what you do with Attorney's General. Okay, that's fair. Postmaster's General, John's Moxley. Just don't pluralize general ever. Got it. Unless you're talking about specifically multiple people holding a particular rank in the military. <laughs> okay, fair. It's only when you're it's only when the general is describing their function as being general rather than a rank of commander. They're just being general about it? Right, they're the general postmaster or the general attorney for the United States or for Canada. When they're talking to the general public? Gen- public's general. <laughs> That's Publix with an X like the supermarket. Oh, okay, I got you now. Non-binary public. <laughs> Oh god, we've lost it. <laughs> this will be the last episode of Fuck Health My Girlfriend. Thank you for the wait. <laughs> Did we ever have it is the question. And I don't think so. I can go to a couple I can go to the analytics of a couple episodes and I think we had it a couple times. Man. I don't know what it was. <laughs> the stepdad's in chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Okay, so yeah, the other one that I liked was um, the Best Friends versus Brady Pierce and the former Tino Sabatelli. Now just known as Sabby? Yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was a very good one. Just, I just like watching Best Friends do their thing. The Best Friends are fantastic. Although you kind of got the vibe that it wasn't a particularly serious match. No, no. Because Chuck kept his shirt on. That's how you know. That's how you know. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was good. Like this was a, a, you know, a fairly exciting episode of Dark. Yeah, definitely. Uh, particularly Butcher and the Blade versus Avalon and Cutler. Yes, they're gonna get that W. They're gonna get the W. One fucking W, boys. That's all you need. Just the one W. So if we could prove that this season didn't fuck dogs it's fucking embarrassing kicks a trash can you need to watch letter kenny aaron i probably do i've seen some of it the hockey coach is i'd say probably my favorite character because he's both simultaneously incredibly pathetic and incredibly angry yeah when it was just an online show i saw a few episodes Mm -hmm. so i don't know how i'll do with a full tv production i've heard it's good though it's so funny season seven and eight yeah but it it gets better there's like it's got dips i mean like it's a show that's been running for eight fucking seasons yeah there's plenty to pick from (laughs) the third episode is i think like i call the third episode the gatekeeping episode because if you can make it past the fart book episode you've managed to get to the good parts of letter kenny and you can survive watching the rest I'll just skip to episode four then. Ew. It's a very weird episode. Yeah, sounds like it. Anyway, we've got Dynamite to talk about. And I think we need to lead off with what I would say is probably one of the better promos AEW has ever aired. Go on. I'm intrigued. The first match of the night was our TNT champion, Chody Rhodes, versus... 
a challenger, Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Aaron's really mad at me for saying Chody Rhodes. I wasn't going to draw attention to it. I know, but I could tell. I could tell that you're making the I can't believe you said that on our podcast face. I have to put up with this whole editing now. <laughs> I was going to make Chody Rhodes my Twitter display name. I'm glad you didn't. We're trying to get people on here eventually. It's a good Twitter display name. <laughs> Everyone hates it except me. Yes! Yes! That's why it rules us. So, Eddie Kingston comes out and just, like, cuts a promo on both Arn and Cody. Yeah. It's one of... The first times I feel like people have really drawn attention to Arn as a target for, like, cutting promos in a non-MJF sort of fashion. Because the the way that MJF did it was very, like, I'm going to kill Arn and you're going to feel sad about it, Cody. You know? Yeah. Framed all around Cody's reaction and everything it's like, like that. It's like a Cody AoE. Right. It's, the, it, you know, it's coming after the nightmare family along with qt marshall and Allie, who are somehow part of that family now well qt marshall we knew already but Allie just kind of worked her way in there mm. she just kind of shoved her way in there and was like sorry i'm part of this family now shove is a kind of work i mean as long as you have motion anything is work according to physics true so but you know who did work eddie kingston did work I wouldn't expect any different from Eddie Kingston. Let's be real. Now, I'm glad they did explain a little bit that Eddie Kingston is like an 18-year veteran of wrestling. Mm -hmm. He's been around the world. He's worked for just about any major uh, group you can think of. But he's never really gotten that that eureka moment. Right, he's never had that big chance to make him a household name. Yeah, exactly. So for, for this shot to come up, now, in the week leading up, there was the whole big promo to get Warhorse into this match. And I was still kind of hoping, I didn't think it would be, but I was hoping. So I actually put out a tweet that said, I'm really hoping for Warhorse. I'm probably going to be disappointed no matter who else comes out, but I'll be okay. And then Eddie Kingston came out and was like, fuck it, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no, Eddie Kingston came out and was like, oh, and like, it, it was... It's like we haven't even gotten to the match. The promo that he cut, it was like a modern version of the Hard Times promo. Yeah, exactly. In a way that really threw it in Cody's face how privileged he's been. Yeah. Like, you know, Cody grew up learning from and hanging around legends. Former legends. They're still legends. They're still <laughs> legends, but I'm going to call them former <laughs> legends to buy into the promo. Yeah. He specifically refers to Arn as used to be legend. Yep. Um, Eddie says that he grew up around alcoholics and junkies and he had to survive and grind. And Cody doesn't understand the meaning of the word grind because all he's had to do is show up and have his last name. Which then they cut from the YouTube video. Yes. So um, <laughs> he specifically in the post-match interview refers to him as Cody Rhodes only on the the. the the YouTube version and the like Twitter version, it's Cody. Yep. Eddie Kingston asked Tony Khan for a no DQ match. As yep. long as Cody accepts, Tony Khan said, sure. 
And he goaded Cody enough into accepting it. Yes, Cody got goaded. And they had a no DQ match. Yeah. Like, it, I'm a little bit surprised, you know, from the free Wednesday night show, not even one of, like, their named ones, like Bash at the Beach was or Fighter Fest or whatever. Like, this was just a straight episode of Dynamite, and they had a no DQ match. Mm-hmm. This was, I mean, like, Dark still feels like a slog sometimes. I There's just a lot of matches to watch. Dynamite has felt electric the entire time it's been running. And, like, I think I wouldn't mind Dark so much if they gave the performers a little more time to breathe, you know? Yeah, they, they do. It, it gets packed with a lot of wrestling. I think the general mindset there is the behind-the-scenes stuff you'd normally see is through BTE or on social media. Like, the, the show is focused on storylines and wrestling. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't have to watch a second YouTube channel in order to follow, like, some of the stories, though. Yeah. And they've gotten better about that. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the specifics of why I'm really enjoying current storylines when we get to that match. <laughs> but um, this was an incredible match. Like, the powerbomb onto the thumbtacks looked... By the way, there was a bag of thumbtacks in oh, this Oh yeah, there was a bag of thumbtacks in this match because there's a no DQ. <laughs> Yeah, Kingston had a bag of thumbtacks under the ring. So, like, he planned for this beforehand, mm -hmm. brought him in, powerbombed Cody onto thumbtacks. Cody's got, like, thumbtacks all through his back. His, his back is silver. His boots are silver after this. His back is silver and red. Well, yeah. <laughs> the last time I saw Cody in a match with thumbtacks, he ended up with no boots, by the way. Mm -hmm. It was against Scorpio Sky in Wrestle Circus. Oh, Wrestle Circus. And they had an auction afterwards for his boots. <laughs> so he had to take them off and give them to the person. And he's walking around the ring, and there's still thumbtacks in there. So, um, Brandy tweeted something to the effect of someone came and pulled out all of the thumbtacks from Cody's boots. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it. Pharaoh didn't do it. Who the hell did it? I don't know, but they do his back at the same time. <laughs> It was a really fire match. Like, yeah, it was a great way to start the show. It was not only that, but immediately after the match, like Eddie Kingston was like the number five trend in the world. Signed Eddie Kingston. Yep. Was also a trending topic on Twitter. So like, you know, they're hitting the demo. So we'll later find out from Demo King Chris Jericho on Twitter. <laughs> I love the Demo King. It's so good. How do you take a random tweet to another wrestler and make it an entire gimmick? Well, you beat Chris Jericho for one thing. <laughs> they did beat in the key demo Guy's Grocery Games this week. So that's important. Wow. That's impressive, actually. They lost on sheer numbers to Guy's Grocery Games, but they beat them on the demo. Yeah, that's okay. We're getting up there. Yeah. By the way, Aaron, we are no longer part of the demo. Yeah, I know. We, to be honest, we never were. I'm so old. It's always been men 18 to 25. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we were never part of that demo. It's okay, they also get the 18 to 40. <laughs> I count in that. <laughs> yeah, no, I count in that too. <laughs> so yeah, no, 
Cody starts slapping Eddie Kingston like he owes him money. <laughs> That's a way of putting it, yes. I also read someone describe it as, in a much less funny way, as slapping him like they have relationship problems. Ooh. And like, I just want to say, don't do that. No, that is not a good take. Slap him like he owes you money. That's yeah. fair. Slap him like he stole your kishka. <laughs> Aaron, do you know who stole the kishka? Did you steal the kishka? No. Oh. I might have stole the kishka. Emma stole the kishka? Oh no! Emma stole the kishka. Emma stole the kishka from the butcher shop. Who stole the kishka? Anyway, we're not gonna polka because this isn't a polka podcast although i could do one of those want to do a polka podcast someday (laughs) maybe (laughs) either way yashul found the kishka so i assume he stole it and felt guilty probably that's usually how it goes (laughs) what are we talking about again right cody cody locks in the figure four for the finish on the tax Mm -hmm. it was just so very good yeah, no, that was an amazing match. It was an amazing show of Eddie Kingston as a performer mm-hmm. to, like, the three diehard AEW fans that didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else who's watch- watching casually. Yeah, no. So, like, it-, it encouraged me to go back and look at a bunch of Eddie Kingston matches on IWTV. Okay. Which ones did you get? I really enjoyed his match with orange cassidy because that was for the iwtv championship yep i honestly think it's worth watching the entire title defense of the iwtv championship as it's evolved yeah almost every one of those matches would look incredible on tv honestly if iwtv could make like a compilation video of those matches they have some compilations but like they're not i sorry i need to work on my mic discipline they have some compilations but it's like not full matches and they don't have a lot of full matches on youtube as like free youtube yeah matches i think the one where chris statlander takes down orange cassidy is uh yes i have seen that one on youtube that one is amazing yes it'd be really interesting to see like i mean like the who's had the belt so far I was going to say, did you catch Eddie Kingston versus Heidi Lovelace? I didn't. I'll have to go back and watch okay. that. Okay. It's in a to-be-unnamed promotion, but it's one of those ones that put both of them on my radar years ago. No, but there's been a lot of like really good defenses of that title. Oh, yeah. Warhorse and Ophidian that we watched today was really good. Yeah, like... Just today, I watched Warhorse versus Ophidian, and that was a very fun match. Okay, here we go. IWTV timeline, the Independent Wrestling Championship. So, Jonathan Gresham had it for 126 days, 7 defenses. Tracy Williams had it for 309 days, 17 defenses. Our boy Orange Cassidy had it for 146 days, 16 defenses. Chris Statlander, 14 days, 1 defense. Gave it back up to Orange Cassidy, who held it for another 104 days and six defenses. Who lost it to Eric Stevens, one day, two defenses, where he lost it to Warhorse, who is the current champion, on 37 defenses. Yep. Which happened 
on September 21st, 2019. What was the other Warhorse match I watched today? Silver. Yes, I, I sent both of those to you. Warhorse. That, that was his 69th day as champion. Yes, it was. Nice. Okay, Kat, why are we talking about Warhorse so much today? Why are we talking about Warhorse so much? Well, Aaron, my darling, we are talking about Warhorse because we find out, since we're spending most of this episode talking about Cody anyway, yeah, <laughs> that next Wednesday's Dynamite, Cody will be defending against Warhorse. And I could not be more excited for that match. Oh my goodness. Like, I, I don't think I can wait till Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to. Because you need to give Mikey Ruckus some time. Oh my goodness, yeah. M- Mike- Mikey Ruckus is making a Warhorse theme song. And it is going to rule ass. I, I, like, he tweeted a bunch of, like, references to, I think, Metallica. Yeah, kill them all. I don't know. I've... I'm gonna be honest. I don't particularly care for Metallica. That's fine. They're, they're popular. They're not the best. There, I said it. I'm gonna be even more honest. I don't particularly care for heavy metal. <laughs> As my jacket will show, I kind of do. <laughs> oh my god, you know what I just realized? What did you just realize? Justin Roberts is going to have to announce Warhorse in all caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's going to have to mention that he is he weighs in at 4,000 pounds of pure heavy metal. Now, I want to know if they're going to let him bring the IWTV championship with him. They have shown that they respect and honor other championship belts on the promotion before. Like, they've literally had a triple out defense. Yeah. Yeah, that was Kenny Omega and Jack Evans on an episode mm-hmm. of Dark. And they've definitely done, like, mentions of when the Lucha Bros were the Triple A. Campeonas de Parejas. So, yeah, no, I'm excited for that match. It's going to, like we said, rule us. It's just going to be, it's going to be really good. It's going to be the most 80s in every way possible. Right. Like, that's the thing that I like about Warhorse is that, like, it's very much that like 80s style of wrestler but without hopefully fingers crossed without the hard drugs yeah like it and it's not even the, like the cody style of 80s wrestling it's not the heavy technical beat down the baby face until they can't move anymore and then they win but it's like the road warriors and the ultimate warrior kind mhm that's on to picture of a cow getting brushies <laughs> oh goodness why don't we head over to the mid-roll and find out mid-roll mid-roll everybody's talking about the mid-roll 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 it is really gay interior the mess hall and the orum man it sure is great to wake up to a nice refreshing cup of coffee wait who are you talking to? Why, Plex. Our wonderful listeners, of course. <laughs> course. Just like the coarse grind I get on my coffee from Grinding Coffee Co. What kind of spice are you on? Listeners? Coffee? <laughs> 
why the delicious spice of my medium roast Mexican chocolate coffee blend, my friend, delivered straight to our airlock in an airtight bag. The beans are as fresh as the day they were roasted. I'm so confused. You're not talking any sense. <laughs> I'm talking about Grindin' Coffee Co. Why don't you tell her and our dear listeners a little bit more, Miss Narrator? Thanks, Space Dumpster. Grinding Coffee Co. is a black and LGBTQ plus owned coffee business that delivers coffee straight to your door. They have a coffee for everyone from K-cups to cold brew to blended and more. This high quality taste will leave you wanting more. Available in whole bean, ground, or espresso grind. I did not sign up to be on a haunted ship. No matter what time you order, your coffee is always roasted the day it ships, so you're guaranteed fresh coffee. When you're ready to get yourself some fine coffee, head over to the referral link in the show notes and enter code SOSAS at checkout for 10% off your order. That's S-O-S-E-S at checkout for 10% off. Oh, what the actual criff. Okay, so do we want to talk about the next match that we enjoyed the hell out of? Because for me, that was the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade in the False Cat Anywhere match. Yeah, that was an amazing journey through another part of the arena we haven't really seen yet. Mm -hmm. And just an awesome show. Very funny at the start. I just really like the fact that like the Butcher and the Blade have gone from like almost forgotten characters to like big players in the tag team drama. Yeah, they were like disposable mercs for MJF at one point. And now they're having a full feud with the Young Bucks that also involves the Lucha Bros and FTR. And FTR. And a truck. And somehow it also involves the rest of the elite. Yep. They keep getting pulled into it. <laughs> so I'm thinking that we end up with, I mean, like, this is maybe, this is maybe something we want to talk about for when it comes up two matches after this okay yep adam hang person page <laughs> i appreciate that they went out of their way to like you know do alternative rules matches yes stuff you normally wouldn't see getting a showcase on a wednesday night Right, rather than having to say paper pay for a pay per view yep. where a guy gets his eye gouged out. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Oh my god, it was so bad. Everybody threw up afterwards. Like that was just too much. I have a weak stomach, but seeing the prosthetic they use, I had to laugh. Mm -hmm. Whereas on Dynamite, we get. Uh, Nick Jackson getting lawn darted into a picture of his own face. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> like, you can have extreme roles without it being over the top. You know, like, they had, like, some... <clears throat> Between, like, the False Count Anywhere and the No DQs, they had some kind of extreme roles matches. Mm -hmm. And they did them in a believable way, unlike the Eye for an Eye match. Which cannot be believable, even from the beginning. Like, no matter how much you buy into kayfabe, yeah. 
they're not going to make Rey Mysterio get a fake eye for the program. And even just the name, eye for an eye match, is something you would expect from like a no-budget 90s extreme wrestling show. Right. The kind you got to get through a VHS exchange and you really question the guy who has it in the first place. Right, the guy who like sells it to you from the back of his pickup truck in a Dwayne Reed parking lot in Jersey City. Yep. Side note: there is actually a DVD guy in the Dwayne Reed parking lot in the in Jersey City's Dwayne Reed. So if you go to the Jersey City Dwayne Reed, tell them Mike sent you, and you'll probably get some good DVDs from a bootleg guy. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna ask what you picked up. <laughs> well, hold on. Who's to say that I've been to this bootleg DVD guy in the Dwayne Reed parking lot in Jersey City? If you know who Mike is, that's where I start questioning. We all know the random sketchy guy in a in a parking lot somewhere with bootleg DVDs. It's when you know the contact name that I question it. <laughs> I'll explain it off the air. Okay. <laughs> Nothing incriminating. Got it. <laughs> No, I, like, I very rarely go to Jersey City because it's such a slog to get to. But that's where Sunny Kiss is from. Yeah, no, Jersey City's a great place. Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about the Young Bucks versus the Butch and the Blade. And a great Falls Count Anywhere match that, of course, made it back to the ring. Where they even got some tables out. And Blade missed a, uh, a tope. Mm-hmm. And that he missed Nick. And the table. Yeah, I... I mean, like, you know, botches happen. Yep. No shame in that. But, like, I don't know. Maybe hit the table? The, the, the table's four feet wide. <laughs> I think my highlight of this match was the blade getting sent up the escalator, as producer Aitzer has pointed out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's just perfect, because he came back later. Yeah, because he came back down the other side. Like, I feel like they, with the, with how things are, given that it's like no crowd shows, you're able to do a lot more with the arena. Yeah, especially when what little crowd there is, which seems to be like friends and family kind of things spread out. Yeah, friends and family. Across the bleachers. Right. It's, it's, they're doing a very good job of keeping distance and like, we haven't really talked about this because we it's not like a it's a real life topic and i don't want to get too deep into it but aew's testing policy for covid has been like the standard for major promotions yeah like actually testing people not just doing temperature checks right and i do want to note that gcw is also setting standards for their covid policy Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing shows in Jersey, because Jersey is relatively safe at this point. Yep, which I'm very thankful for. So am I. Even then, they're still doing shows where you tell them, like, you when you buy your tickets, you tell them how many people are in your party. Mm-hmm. And they set up a group of chairs six feet from any other seating and six feet more than six feet from the ring. And you sit in the chairs that are assigned to your group and no other chairs. And there's yep. no moving or swapping or anything like that. And they do the shows outside right now. Mm-hmm. Which, even better said, and are masks mandatory or re- 
or um, mandatory. They are mandatory. Cool for everyone but the performers. Yeah, of course. And the trampoline. Oh, that poor trampoline. <laughs> that poor Logan stunt. Well, hold on. Logan stunt got the better part of that that trampoline maneuver until he got power bombed through it. Yeah, and, and then he got the worst part of it because <laughs> he fell underneath it onto a bunch of light tubes that were sitting underneath it yeah i still think the funniest part of that whole show they did the fourth of july show Mm -hmm. is joey Janela getting angry they broke the trampoline because it was needed for a spot later (laughs) because of course joey wants to do a trampoline spot why wouldn't you especially it's your own show Mm -hmm. so back again to bucks and (laughs) butcher in the blade where eventually they actually get out of the ring again and go up to the entryway. And the Bucks dive through Butcher and the Blade on some tables and get the pin. Mm-hmm. I heard this morning that three out of four people involved in this match are now injured. Sounds about right for the Young Bucks lately. <laughs> yep. So the, the Bucks and Blade, because he missed everything. Mm-hmm. And Butcher's fine. <laughs> of course. So, you yeah, know, this was a fun one. Aaron, somehow we've been going for, like... Almost an hour and a half. An hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And we haven't gone like sequentially through anything. Yep. We're, we're, we're good. We're, we're good on time. I thought I was nervous that we were going to not have like enough content to cover the time, but our tangents have been very good for this episode. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to save my one tangent till we're done with the next match. I'm sure we want to talk about, which is five and hangman. I kind of wanted to talk about the Diamante match. Okay. Because it was a very good match. Yeah, it was well put together. It really showed off Diamante and Ivelisse. And I was amazed at the end, actually. Oh, for sure. And, like, the thing is, like, you know, they're not exactly, like, you know, AEW household names. No, Diamante's had three matches now. Something like that. Ivelisse is on her first, but they're indie names. Right, and they put out a barn burner. Yeah. So Diamante used to be part of LAX with Santana and Ortiz mm-hmm. back in Impact and a couple shows they did around that. And Eva Lise was like the main event draw for any women's show just a few years ago. Yeah. Like Shine Champion. I believe she worked at Rise for a bunch. And yeah, she, she was the go-to to watch like right after Lufisto. Right, <laughs> right. There's like Lufisto. <laughs> Lufisto said she'd come on and challenge Sheeta. I hope she does. I, I hope, hope they, they listen because I love Lufisto. God, I, I like AEW. Just make all my indie dreams come true now. Mm-hmm. Put the people I love on national TV. <laughs> like honestly, if AEW does nothing with the quarantine matches that they have to do, but that, I think that's already something that they've done that's just good for wrestling as a whole yeah even on dark like i have a bit of trouble sitting through 10 to 12 matches but they're putting names out there right and that's something we were going to talk about for the show is that we're gonna have a segment in brief after we finish discussing the main show where we go through and you know talk about the you know and you know basically mention the names of and briefly give like one or two sentences about the matches of indie talent yeah going on my knowledge of the indie scene years ago with eva lise i expected her to come out of this on top Mm -hmm. but diamante ended up with a roll-up win 
and has a title shot next week against Sheeta. Which should be interesting. Like, I feel like it's going to be a fun match. Yes, definitely. Oh no, my forehead's peeling slightly. <laughs> oh no, that's the source of your strength. I'm just going to Ophidian it off. <laughs> there was a segment in the Ophidian versus Warhorse match where Ophidian in his promos before the match became Warsnake. <laughs> and like thought through the process of how to beat Warhorse and realized the way to beat Warhorse is to take his makeup off because the makeup is the source of his power because before the makeup he was just an average wrestler yep. and he put the makeup on and became great so clearly <laughs> the makeup is the source of his power so he just yep. has to rub it off and survive long enough to rub it off and then he can win the match I think Kate Nix had the best reaction to that of ah shit because <laughs> you gotta put up with that yeah you keep blasting more royalty free thrash metal in the house okay yeah no but like diamante and ivalice was a phenomenal match i'd love to see both of them continue to do like more and particularly when they come back with crowds yeah and they have history with a lot of women on the roster so mm -hmm. we know we can do those i'd love to see them get up to speed with the japanese talent they bring in Mm-hmm. it's just it's all good. So, our next match was number five versus Hangman Page. Where Adam Page comes out with a mask under his bandana. <laughs> and he wants to know uh, how, how the white wrist tape is going to hold up this, this week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was a fun match. Like, I enjoy watching Hangman work. Now, this wasn't as much of a putover on five angels as it was previous matches he had with like phoenix and kenny this was a lot more adam they were really getting to the dark order stuff with this to build that mm -hmm. storyline up right because don't forget hangman previously applied to be part of the dark order but they didn't return his email <laughs> they also didn't return my email or aaron's email i didn't get a call or anything no i even did advertising for them i know right like what the heck Missed opportunity. Also, that's been an entire segment on BT for the past few weeks, and it's been the funniest part of it. But Aaron, we could be sitting here doing this podcast in Dark Order masks. We could! And it would be how much we hate Hangman Adam Page for not losing like he's supposed to to number five. Yeah. I take a, a media mask, by the way. Uh, just DM me on Twitter and I'll get you my shipping address, Mr. Brody. Or or uno evil uno is a twitch streamer actually yeah uno gets domestic shipping to me so that's great <laughs> yeah uh preferably don't do usps they're actively being sabotaged by the current administration yeah yes they are uh there's part at the very start where jr is asking or he says evil uno and Stu grayson if that's his real name and what i get from this is jr implying that evil uno is his is real, real name. Yes. <laughs> but Stu Grayson isn't using his real name. Yes, that's the exact implication you're supposed to take from that. Okay, good. I'm glad I, I got that. All right. About halfway through the match, all of the Dark Order come out and they got like their whole intimidation screen going right, they, on. They do the they do the stand around looking menacing thing. Yeah, you know who's really not intimidated by that? Hangman Page. Because <laughs> he kind of just walks right through angels after that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and yeah so Paige picks up the win of course 
And then we get Mr. Brody and Doom Doom Colt Cabana coming out. That's what the shirt says. Right. And then, like, they, they do the stand-around-looking intimidating thing. And then Brody Lee sends Colt Cabana back. Like, go backstage. We don't need you. In, you know, you know we're, we're done with this intimidation tactic. You can go. Yeah. After Paige says he doesn't want to join a cult right now. And then they start brawling. Yep. And this is really the part of the match that we wanted to talk about. Oh my goodness, because this is story. The story, the drama, the tension, the excitement, the revival. <laughs> no, the revival is another uh, team. Um, so yeah, Paige fights off the Dark Order for a bit. Stu Grayson gets the better room. They all jump on after that. And then you're, you're sitting there for a couple for about, it feels like forever. It's probably like 10, 20 seconds. It's like, who's going to come out first? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be FTR or is it going to be Omega? It was FTR. With a beer cooler that they threw at Dark Order. <laughs> yeah, a big. I was like trying cooler. to figure out what the fuck it was from like Twitter thumbnails because I have a D&D game on Wednesday nights that interferes with me watching Dynamite Live. It's like, what the fuck is this? And I like, is, did I throw a toilet? <laughs> That would have been even funnier, but no, it, it was a big foam beer cooler. So they make the save there, and afterwards, that's when Omega comes out. Omega's running late mm-hmm. to save his friend and tag team championship partner from a beatdown. The Campionas de Parejas partner. Sorry, I had to flex on you there. <laughs> Campionatos de Parejas. There. I, I gotta slow it down. Hey, you get the R2. Pretty good. Anyway, so yeah, no. Hangman comes out at, or Kenny Omega comes out after Hangman and FTR have done a very handy job of handling the Dark Order in a three on one, uh, three on four. Yep. And they had Hangman a beer, but not Kenny. K doesn't drink. We've already established that. He he put his hand out. He he was willing to accept one. Would he, would he have really drank it? I don't think so. I think it would have handed it off to Adam. Because that's what they discussed doing now. But the storytelling was just so, like... It wasn't... I mean, like... It was... It wasn't... It's not beating you over the head. No. It's, like, very, very concentrated storytelling. Yeah. In that it's, like, here's this moment where the person who's supposed to be your best friend doesn't come save you. But these new guys do. These new guys that you you might have a bit more in common with. <laughs> right. They like to drink. They have a very similar, similar style, style to you. I just, I don't know if they do a trios team for this or if, like, they try to reunite or, like, unite, like, with Sean Spears. As the Four Horsemen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I do really hope that when they can, they really make that push for the trios division again that it looked like they were doing. That will be very fun. Yeah. But I'm also kind of looking forward to maybe seeing a four horsemen kind of stable with the with FTR and Hangman and Spears. Mm-hmm. Or, or Warhorse. <laughs> or Warhorse. Four horsemen. Obviously Warhorse is going to be a yeah, part of it. Yeah, you have to include him. But yeah, it's like very subtle, slow storytelling. We know at the end of this that, that Paige is going to break off from the Elite, that him and Omega are going to have a feud, 
It's mm-hmm. gonna be freaking amazing to watch. It's gonna be like one of those heartbreak feuds too. Yep, it, it completely is, and I will pay for every pay per view that they main event together. <laughs> well, we'll split it. We usually do. <laughs> I know we do. We we trade off on pay per views. Speaking of which, the next one's coming up soon. No, um, September, late late August, early September for I it was all late out. August. Let's check. That's not the one. AEW All Out, because All Out is actually a manga. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to look for AEW All Out. September 5th. That That's going to be coming up. Which I think, is that Labor Day for us? It should be that weekend. Yeah. Because it'll be on a Saturday. It's a Labor Day for Labor Day. Yeah, September 7th. So it is Labor Day weekend. Yep. Cool. And to say debut says could be on a Saturday because they're not jackasses. <laughs> they're not going to make you stay up till midnight on a Sunday night. No, God, I can't stand that WWE puts their pay per views on a Sunday. I'll be honest, I have no idea how doing wrestling pay per views on Sunday started. I just know that's the way I've always seen it. I appreciate AEW doing Saturday pay per views because it means I can stay up and drink like four White Claws and still be okay to. You know, go to work on Monday. You just gotta wake up for nine for the F1 race. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, that's where we're going with this, I'm pretty sure. And it's just growing every week. They're doing it on BT. They're doing it on Dynamite. And it's just really good storytelling, and I love it. <laughs> no, it's very good. So our next... Uh, this is... This is our next segment that I want to talk about. It's how Jericho does such a very good job of whining and making it seem very, like... Like, the way that Jericho whines is just so perfectly heelish. Like, you know, you don't be like, oh, there's Jericho whining again. Yeah. But that's exactly what he's doing. That's all he does, yeah. Like when he whined when he whined about Vanguard one, when he whined about Orange Cassidy ruining his jacket with orange juice. That still smells like orange juice and he hasn't taken it off yet. <laughs> like all those little things. So yeah, the next match we got was Jericho and Hager versus Jungle Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. Yeah, it it was a very good traditionally built up tag team match. Mm-hmm. It was very cool seeing Jericho and Jungle Boy swearing off again at the start. Because mm-hmm. haven't seen that since December. No, and they put together a really good match. And then after that, we had Luchasaurus and Hagar just being big meaty men slapping meat. Mm-hmm. As you do. Now, there's one thing in here that I want to point out. It's that the inner circle really didn't get involved. But Marco Stunt did. Yes. And he got punched for it, and I don't feel bad, because he got involved. <laughs> yeah, no. Marco Stunt definitely, definitely kind of deserved getting punched. Yeah. But definitely. also, Marco Stunt deserves to be mad at Kenny Omega. As you said on the pre-show, uh, screw Kenny. Mm-hmm. So this match ended with fucking... Who, who won the match? I can't remember. It was the inner circle, right? Did the match end? Did it? So Jericho gets Floyd the bat. Aubrey shouts him down to ditch it. So he he throws it to the outside. 
Santana and Ortiz have gotten involved at this point. Yeah, they, they're doing their stuff. Serpentico grabs the bat and starts hitting Luchasaurus and gets in the ring. But it's not Serpentico. Knight of Pentacles. <laughs> I don't know where Serpentico is, but this was Sammy Guevara returning. And yeah, it was Sammy's triumphant return after a break from Dynamite that lasted about as long as the time that I got grounded for having a girl over when my parents were away. Okay, I want to be really excited for Sammy being back because it's been documented on this show. I am a huge Sammy Mark. I had pinned him to win the TNT title before. I followed his career for, for a while before he even got into AEW. I was really excited for that. But it, it's just... It just didn't feel like enough time. Yeah, it's like, I know he's the agreed upon time that he had. He did the sensitivity training. His pay for that period went to the women's group in Jacksonville. I know he's done, like, the private and public apologies to Sasha Banks. I think... It just, it, there could have been a more exciting reveal, and this wasn't it. And it's not, like, just from a storyline perspective. It's from a, like, is a month really enough time? But then again, he also seemed genuinely contrite, you know? Yeah. His apology to, you know, the, the, the way that Sasha talked about his apology was, you know, seemed as though he's realized the error of his ways. I think... The way he came back wasn't the way he should have come back. It's what producer Aitsu has said, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. The surprise reveal and, like, underhandedness of it when, you know, he's already on thin ice, it, it just, it like, it didn't, to me, feel like the kind of person who comes back feeling bad about what they said. Yeah. And it's unfortunately one of those times where real life blurs into storyline. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, I I could keep talking about it, I'm, but I worry I, bec- I start to sound kind of apologistic for it, you know? Right, and like, my vibe from this is that it just, it wasn't a good way to handle a comeback like this. Yeah, it, it should have been a lot more upfront, at, at least for this part. Right. Like, but I also like the reveal here, because it, it worked in so well with the match, and... So like that's the thing though you can you can have like Sammy be like you know, you know I've really learned my lesson you know I regret the things that I said and you know the only way I could prove that is to be better from here on out I'm sorry I'll be back on Dynamite next week and then this week you do the reveal yeah that's that's a good way to get it done you know like that that you still have the best of both worlds with that. But you get, like, the genuine, like, you know... You get the genuine surprise. Right. Yeah. Which is really what the factor here was. Right, you want the surprise, but you also want to make sure that it's clear that he's contrite and understands, Yeah. you know. And I think he does. Like, I think before this even came out, I think he understood what he said was wrong. Yeah, it's like, if you watch the video he put out, it's like, yeah, he said, I'm not the same person I was four years ago. That was a stupid bullshit thing to do. And you know what? If there's And I'm gonna take my punishment for it. If there's anyone who understands that they're not the same person they were four years ago, it's this gal. And that one. Yeah, it's us. And honestly, everyone in chat most likely. A lot of people in chat. A lot of people listening probably. Yeah, I I'd venture to say that. So yeah, no, it was you know, I think it could have been handled better, is all I'm saying. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's that's, that's a good that's a good that's a good dynamite. Yeah, no, it was a very good show. I'm looking forward to next week because they announced some of the matches for next week already. Where we've got Hangman and Page taking on the Dark Order for the tag titles. Sorry, who? The Dark Order. And who? Hangman and Page. (laughs) (laughs) I have Omega and Page written down. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Oh, We've got Cheetah and Diamante for the women's title. There is a tornado tag of Starks and Cage taking on Marks and Darby. That's going to be crazy. So could you clarify what a tornado tag is? So, in a tag match, traditionally, you have two teams of two people, opposite ends of the ring, you tag in and out, you make the storyline through that, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. In a tornado tag, everyone's in the ring and they just do whatever they want. (laughs) So it's really not a tag match. It's a brawl is what it is. It's a brawl. And then we have Cody getting his ass ruled. By Warhorse. Because Warhorse rules ass. <laughs> and I think it's next week, is it? It might not be next week. It might be later on. But we have the beginning of the Women's Tag Team Cup. Oh, fuck. I am ready. Sorry, the Women's what? Did you say the Women's Cup of Fuck? I said, the Women's Tag Team Cup, oh fuck, I'm ready. Right, the Tag Team Cup, oh fuck. <laughs> I'll redo the take in editing. <laughs> no, you won't. You gotta leave the cup of fuck. Yeah, I know. So, I've said on this show before, a lot, I am a big fan of women's wrestling, and I am a big fan of tag team wrestling. So, this is exactly what I want to see. This is marketed directly at me. Yeah, no. Ah! Sorry, I didn't mean to play Eva accidentally. Reddit autoplays posts, apparently. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Why do things autoplay? Nothing should autoplay. Also, really watch should. Emma's Mascaroni video. Oh my god, it's so... It is a thing. Find the follow-up on Twitter, too. So yeah, I am really curious what the teams are going to be for this, because we know it's going to be the Nightmare Sisters, because mm-hmm. they're the only women with a stable tag team. But there's going to be 14 other people competing. So who do whomst do you think that Swole tags with? See, that's what I don't know. It's like, it's not a situation like Sheeta and Chris Statlander where they've been buddy-buddy in a few four-way matches. Mm-hmm. She's only really had the feud with Britt Baker going on. Does she tag with Rebel? Reba wrestles? Yeah. She was an impact. I thought she was a dental assistant. Yeah, and the dentist is also a wrestler. What's the what's your point? Okay, fair. <laughs> this is wrestling, damn it. People have day jobs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or they make way too much money off of t-shirt sales and don't have to keep a day job. <laughs> I mean, it's not Duke the Dumpster Drossy levels. Or they can't legally work in Canada despite being quarantined in Canada, so they make a bunch of money off of t-shirt sales. Housing. That's okay, he does cameos. I know. I know you know. <laughs> now, I did have a note here as well about this, where legitimately, if AEW wants to look into making their their promotion entirely tag-based, I support this. I wouldn't object. <laughs> I'm all for it. 
I want to see it. Also, I think you have a good opportunity not to completely disrupt this discussion about tag teams, but I still think there's a great opportunity to turn Cody heel. Yeah. And have him join the new Four Horsemen instead of Spears. Yeah. Spears has already shown himself to be not exactly... Not what Tully's looking for. What Tully is looking for. Yeah. I do get the feeling eventually they're going to get a Four Horsemen kind of stable. Simply because of the people they have in the back Mm -hmm. who have experience with this and probably Mm -hmm. want to see it too. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious how it'll go. Actually, yeah, that that would work out because Paige was a lackey for Cody in New Japan as well. Oh, crap. I didn't talk about New Japan at all. No, you didn't because we had a lot to talk about. Did you want to briefly talk about New Japan? Okay, so I've been getting into New Japan. I started last year, really. And I found out that to watch New Japan, you have to understand the stables of of New Japan. Kind of like you should with AEW, or you probably will in a couple years. Mm -hmm. So when I started watching, I really got drawn to a few guys, like Bushi, like Sonata, like Hiromu, Shingo, Takashi, and Evil, and Naito Tetsuya. Tetsuya Naito. It's either direction works. And then I found out, oh, they're all stable together. Los Engobernables de Japón. It's L-I-J. Thank you, Aitsu. (laughs) So the storyline going on there is Naito won both the Intercontinental and the Heavyweight titles back in January at Wrestle Kingdom. And recently at the end of the New Japan Cup, Evil won the cup. I was relieved because, you know, now L.I.J. can't lose the belts. Mm -hmm. They can hold on to them. But wait. And then Evil went to Bullet Club. Because Bullet Club has been leaderless for a while. Yep. Because Jay White can't travel. And who was the other one? The other one can't can't get there. But also, prior to that, like the entirety of the people who were really big in bullet club just up and left and started their own promotion (laughs) well there's there's still a lot of guys in bullet club they just can't get there Mm -hmm. because they're in the states now is we thinking tama tonga i think tama's there isn't he is he i I know like a bunch of them live in japan full-time yeah a bunch do and they're the ones who show up still but yeah like a lot of the foreigners that you usually see in bullet club aren't there so it is a lot of the the heels that are just in there now so they brought in evil to put in that top heel spot Mm -hmm. which i'm not complaining about evil's pretty good he won the new japan cup that gets you a shot against the heavyweight champion the night after the cup finishes and he beat naito i'm not happy about that but he did And that is leading up to a match on the 25th, again, tomorrow. I'll probably watch it tomorrow morning, actually. Mm -hmm. Between Evil and Hiromu, who have, like, a 10-year history that I do not have time to get into. (laughs) But it's been absolutely heartbreaking to watch the last few weeks because of... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Evil did the most despicable thing and broke a toy scythe over one of the announcer's heads. Okay, so yeah, the one announcer is like a huge evil mark. He has like little toys he, he would hold up during 
his entrance. So during the, the match with Naito, he actually kind of confronts him a bit from the announcer desk. Mm-hmm. So Naito grabs his toys and breaks them. And then he jumps over the desk and starts attacking evil. He gets thrown into a barricade pretty quickly and it's done with. But it's like, that is a show of emotion I would not expect from any other promotion, really. No, that's very New Japan. Okay, uh, the the face paint is starting to grow on me now that I've had, had some of it rubbed off. I just want to, okay, I just want to note for the listening and viewing audience, I showered before <laughs> we recorded this episode, and that, then I did this to my face with acrylic paints from Michael's. That, that was pretty silly. Why would you do that? Because I was encouraged to by bad influences named Aaron America. So did we have anything else we wanted to talk about in this week before we end this episode? Just my recommendation. Oh, yes. Also, we wanted to do the indie review. Yes, the indie wrestlers who showed up on Dark. We had Roche Chanel, who's been on AEW a couple times. We had Corey Hollis, as mentioned before, Sabby and Brady Pierce. We had Will Hobbs, who I was pretty impressed with, actually. Mm-hmm. Aaron Salo. Killeen King was back again to take on Diamante. As mentioned before, Robert Anthony, who's been there a few times. Yes, this is his fourth, fifth loss? Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. And then those indie performers, Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon. <laughs> so indie. <laughs> it, was, it was a good week for, you know, it's a good week for wrestling, minus the I thing and the weird finish to sasha and asuka yeah ref bailey i don't get what they're going for with that i kind of understand for it's that like myth where you just put on the striped shirt and you legally can be a ref now i guess but they took it like the next night on raw it's like neither of you are champion now it's like well no asuka was still the champion they don't don't do this it's not vacated she's still the champion sasha just walked away with the belt yeah and i assume under normal circumstances would have been counted out by the real referee yep if no actual pin was made then yeah she would have been so really asuka's still the champion just like just like Sami Zayn is still the champion in my heart always speaking of which if you have money and you want to donate Sami Zayn has a a, like a pop-up mobile clinic that he funds for people in syria it's worth donating to because it's an incredibly good cause it's uh sammy for syria i believe Mm -hmm. we'll put a link in the show notes for when this comes out because i think that's a worthwhile place to put some money yeah in the meantime did we want to end this fucking episode so i can get this schleam off of my face before we have a work meeting i'm gonna recommend a a video real quick like i said i would so is it kaiju big battle it is not kaiju big battle kaiju big battle 2 no kaiju big battle was a federation not a i'm just not a series (laughs) okay so i'm gonna put up psycho mike versus orange cassidy took place last year in smash wrestling smash is located in toronto ontario canada i've been to a couple of their shows they always do good stuff so normally when you see a Orange Cassidy match, you have Orange Cassidy against a straight man. I'm not talking about sexual identity here. I'm talking the comedic grouping. So what do you think happens when Orange Cassidy meets up with someone 
on the same level as Orange Cassidy. Magic. Well, for one thing, my face hurts from laughing, so... That's what I... <laughs> in, in an entirely opposite direction, if you can find... I, th- I think it may be on IWTV, but I don't know because it's a GCW event. You might have to get it on Fight TV. But from what I've heard, the March 12th, like right before lockdown match that Nick Gage had against Ophidian was like very good. And yes. it's also Ophidian's last match in front of a crowd. So I suggest watching that mostly because you should watch more Nick Gage because he murders people if that's your speed. And also he's a trans ally. That too. <laughs> okay, that's my recommendation. Do we want to take us out? Uh, I take us out on this show. Get us out of here, Kat. Let's go. Okay. we got a meeting to get to. So, as we say at the end of every episode, this is a thing that we do here on Morning Out with My Girlfriend. That's the one I do for my stream. Right. <laughs> as we say at the end of every episode, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be gay. Mwah. And rule ass. Bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of So Says Media. Check the show notes for where to find us. If you like what we're doing, please consider checking out our Patreon. All music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Fun fact, my eyes feel so very weird when I blink. Because <laughs> the acrylic paint is very heavy? Yes. Acrylic paint does not make good face paint, and I don't know how Warhorse does it week in and week out. So for years... There's been announcers on wrestling shows saying the one part of your body you can't work out is your eyelids. That's why eye rake's always so good. I think Warhorse found a way. <laughs> <laughs>